Welcome to the Travel Podcast, brought to you by thetravelexpert.ie, bringing you around the world of travel with your host, Sarah Slattery. For more information on travel, visit our website at thetravelexpert.ie. And now, this week's episode. Welcome to episode six of the Travel Podcast. Today, I will be talking about the magical city of Matera in Italy and why it was one of the most fascinating places I've ever visited. I will be reading the blog post from my website, thetravelexpert.ie, which has lots more details, links, photos and videos if you want to learn more. I hope you enjoy it. Looking at Google Maps, it seemed like a straightforward drive from Bari Airport as we set out to enjoy a weekend in Matera. However, as we got closer to the old town, or Sassi as it's more widely called, we realised driving around Matera was anything but straightforward. Suddenly, we realised we were the only people driving on the cobble streets, and the only road signs we could understand said no entry. Google Maps was quickly redundant, so I decided to go with Chow out the car window and hoped for the best. After a few frantic waving arms from locals telling us to go back, Luckily, an elderly nana pointed us to the right direction of our hotel. We pulled up outside, delighted that we had finally made it, only to find out that there was no car park at the Casa de Lucio Hotel. All was not lost, as the Casa de Lucio is a sister hotel to the five-star Sant'Angelo Luxury Resort, which is located close by. We were able to check in there, and they kindly offered to valet park our car, albeit with a €25 fee. It transpired that this hotel is the only one of the hotels inside the Sassi that has parking facilities. We soon found out that driving in the Sassi, the literal translation of Sassi is stones by the way, so the Sassi is the old city. And driving in the Sassi is forbidden unless you are checking in or checking out of your hotel. We had to advise the hotel of the exact time we wanted our car the following day so that they could drive us to a garage in the new town of Matera to collect it. Similarly, we had to advise them of our check-out time so they, they could have a car parked outside the hotel for the minimum amount of time. My initial reaction was one of amazement at this strange parking system, especially for a five-star hotel. But when we walked outside and took a long look at where we were staying, realisation began to set in. It was like stepping into a film set. Matera somehow didn't seem real. Perched on the top of Rocky Mountain were caves, houses and streets, all piled up on top of each other. I even spotted churches carved out of caves. The Passion of Christ was filmed here and I almost felt like I was going to bump into the twelve disciples at any time. The sand-coloured stones and the lush green valley below combined to make it one of the most remarkable places I had ever laid eyes on. Matera is not only visually stunning, it has a remarkable history too. It was inhabited for over 9,000 years and is the oldest, the third oldest continually inhabited settlement in the world. Up to 70 years ago, thousands of poor families lived side by side with animals in tiny caves without electricity, water or sewerage facilities. Riddled with malaria and other infectious diseases, Matera was labelled the shame of Italy. Finally, in 1953, the Italian government decided to rehouse its population in the new part of the city, or the new Matera as it's now known. Matera was practically deserted until 1993, when UNESCO de declared it a World Heritage Site. 
It is hard to believe that it has literally gone from rags to riches in 70 years. It was the European capital of culture in 2019. Contrary to popular belief, Matera is not in Puglia. It is in the region of Basilicata. Although many people, like we did, chose to combine or choose to combine a weekend in Matera with a trip to neighbouring Puglia. I have a separate post on my website about places to visit in Puglia that you can read on thetravelexpert.ie. When I was booking our trip, I knew I wanted to stay inside the Sassi, inside the old town. I wanted the wow factor. After walking the 100 metres from our hotel room, or more accurately our house, in the Casa de Lucia Hotel, it wasn't long before I knew I'd reached my goal. Not only was it bigger than our house in Dublin, but it was beautifully designed to complement the surroundings. It is aptly called the Royal Apartment and I'm sure it has housed many royal guests since its opening. Ironically, the Royal Apartment is the only room in Casa de Lucio that is not built inside caves. That didn't bother us, we were too busy enjoying the stunning views from our three balconies. Our, this three bedroom house had a massive hall, a kitchen and office and it even had a mezzanine which the kids quickly renamed as their den. You can see videos and photos from our stay in Matera on the website. The Sassi was lit up at night time, so we enjoyed a glass of Chianti with spectacular views from the balcony while the kids were tucked up in bed. It was heaven. Casa de Lucio, although only 13 years old, is the oldest hotel in Matera. The owners decided to buy some caves in 1999, as you do, before the rebirth of the Sassi de Matera began. In 2005, they expanded and although many thought it was ludicrous, they decided to open a luxury resort, resort called Sant'Angelo. They added rooms over the years and it is now the most prestigious hotel in the Sassi. While Casa de Lucio is classed as a four-star hotel, the Royal Apartment is definitely five-star in my view. Breakfast was included in the cost and was served at the five-star Sant'Angelo resort. Later that evening, when I witnessed tourists lugging their suitcases up and down the cobblestone streets, from the new town of Matera to the Sassi, I realised how fortunate we were with our choice of hotel and why it is worth paying the premium price if you are booking a weekend in Matera. We decided to take a tour of the Sassi by Piaggio, the Italian scooters, which is a great way to get our bearings and idea with children. The city has two sides, Sasso Barisano and Sassi Cavosio. The former is more developed and houses art galleries, boutique hotels and restaurants, all inside caves. The latter has yet to be developed, but we were able to look inside some of the caves and see how people lived just 70 years ago. It was remarkable. To be frank, if you never visit a mu museum, church or exhibit here, you would still be blown away by Matera's beauty and its history. We climbed up stone staircases, posed for pictures inside colourful doorways and had pizza on pretty piazzas all without actually visiting many of the local attractions. We also drove across the ravine to Mergia National Park to catch one of the best views in Matera. You can also walk across, but you need to hike down, cross a rock bridge and hike back up the other side, which isn't ideal with kids. In fact, Matera, Matera is so hilly, so don't even think about bringing a buggy. If you fancy the hike, it is a great opportunity to explore some of the small Paleolithic caves at the same time. We went for sunset, but I think sunrise would probably be better if you want to see the light reflected on the sassy. It's a bit of an ordeal to get our car from the car park, so we decided to make the most of it while we had it out, and we took a spin to the nearby beach before returning to catch the view of Matera at sunset. 
Castellanata Marina is only a 35 minute drive from Matera, so if you wanted to combine a city and beach break, this would be ideal. Although deserted in late October, it is a stunning beach with numerous beach bars along the promenade. I think a long weekend in Matera that included a day at the beach would be a fabulous break during the summer months. The reason we booked a weekend Matera was to see the Sassi, but the new town is worth exploring too. The Piazza Vittorio Veneto is as pretty as it sounds and has plenty of restaurants, bars and shops to keep you amused. Buskers entertained us in the evening time and the new town is so close to the Sassi so we enjoyed walking from one to the other, stopping for selfies along the way. We dined out both evenings but were a little underwhelmed by some of the region's specialities. The Pani de Matera, or local bread, that is recommended in every traveller's guide was just okay in my view, and the Oriachet, the pasta dishes, were not exactly earth-shattering. We enjoyed many tasty light bites in the trattoria scattered throughout the Sassi, but the experience of dining al fresco in such a dramatic setting outweighed my love for its cuisine. However, we did manage to come across one great find in Matera, called La Cola Cola. It was recommended by our hotel, and despite being hard to find, we spent a half hour climbing up and down the old staircases to find it. It was worth it. Situated inside a cave from the 1700s with a panoramic terrace, you could sit inside or out and have a memorable experience. We chose to sit inside because it was late October and quite chilly at night time. It was packed with locals and the atmosphere was superb. The food was delicious and amazing value too. The brasola with parmesan, lemon and rocket was sublime and pieces were a big hit with the kids. The ironic thing is there are so many interesting places to see during a weekend in Matera, but we actually saw very few of them. I can't tell you that we visited the most amazing museums and cathedrals or all about the beautiful frescoes and the rock churches. We didn't even visit the Musi Casanova, the multimedia exhibit that tells you the story of Matera. We had no urge to scratch the top 10 things up to do a Matera list because the whole city felt like a museum. We had two memorable days exploring this incredible city, climbing up stone staircases, exploring ancient caves, stopping for gelatos and taking in the spectacular views. Matera is one of the most fascinating cities I've ever visited, not only because of its beauty, but because of its rags to riches success story that is straight out of a fairy tale. How to get to Matera. Ryanair fly direct from Dublin to Barry and the drive time is one hour to Matera. Aer Lingus also fly to Brindisi in the summer months, but the transfer time is a little longer, it's one hour and 40 minutes. If you are visiting Puglia, a good idea would be to fly into one airport and out of another, so you can see as much of the region as possible. I stayed in the superb Casa de Lucio Hotel, which has standard rooms, larger suites and the Royal Apartment, depending on the number of people travelling. You can see the links um, and photos and videos and more about this magical weekend in Matera on my website, thetravelexpert.ie. Thanks for listening to The Travel Podcast. For more information on travel, visit our website at thetravelexpert.ie. Also, remember to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Available on our website and also on all of the leading podcast providers. Until the next time, remember, keep traveling. Remember, keep traveling.